Um, so that was a gift to my soul. Um, so maybe you don't know, Charlene said a lot of beautiful, little scary things about me, no pressure. Um, but I actually grew up at Faith Presbyterian Church and Pastor Frank Jackson is still my pastor, is the person who um, showed me what it meant to be a pastor. And that is the song that we came into every single Sunday. We've come this far by faith. And you know, there are sometimes things that you repeat over and over and over that you kind of forget what the meaning is until there is a moment where you need to draw on that truth, where you need to draw on the reality and the promises and the reminder that we've come this far by faith and we don't get to turn around and we will continue to trust in God. So thank you. I was hooked me up there. That was a last minute. Can we make it happen? And I also want to say thank you to all of you. Y'all were clapping. I'm going to tell people if that happened. But that's one of the things I want to encourage you as I am here. Let's do this together. So I will not ask that you stand up or shout because I also was raised Presbyterian and I know that's a little too much for us. But I do love an aggressive head nod. Maybe some quick blinks. Like not I'm falling asleep blinking, but like I'm engaged. Um, for those of you who have watched America's Next Top Model, I will take a smize all day long. So I just want to invite us, we are doing this together, and it is a gift and a joy to worship. And so let's get started and let us pray. Most holy God, you are a way maker, and you are a promise keeper, and you are light in the darkness, and you are our ever-present help in trouble, and you are the one that has been with us on the ups and downs and ins and outs of this crazy and complicated journey of faith. I pray that we would notice you today, that we would hear a word that would give us both strength and peace and maybe a little bit of joy for what is ahead. I pray all of this and ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I do want to say a special thank you to Pastor Charlene. Um, I've been fangirling. We've been trying to figure out how to connect. And whenever there is another woman of color pastor, I kind of claim them as friends immediately. And so I think we had one of those moments I was like, hi, we're friends, in case you didn't know. And so I am grateful for her voice, for her presence, for the ways that she is showing up in the fullness of who God created her to be. Um, it is an inspiration and a gift. And so originally I was invited to reflect on a lectionary text within the context of 
extraordinary texts for ordinary times. And if you are not totally tracking the church calendar, the church calendar says that we are in ordinary times. I do not think that the news or the world has gotten that particular memo. Does anybody else want a little more ordinary? Just want to like wake up, go to work, come back home, take a nap, watch a reality TV show, send my kids to school, not have to think about COVID or monkeypox or the war in Ukraine or Yemen or Saudi Arabia. It doesn't feel very ordinary right now. But I would challenge us to think that is it ever really ordinary? If we expand our minds, if we think a little bit harder beyond ourselves, we would recognize that all over the world, people are living in extraordinary times. And I believe what our scripture offers us today is a reminder that our faith is meant to encourage and to guide and to sustain us always. So let's go ahead and listen and engage the scripture together. And this is a passage that is coming from Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to do one through three and then jump to verses eight through 16. Um, So would you open your hearts to receive this word? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going, By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, with Sarah's involvement, Okay, yeah, Sarah was involved. Um, He received the power of procreation, even though he was too old, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born as many as the stars of heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on earth for people who speak in this way, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better homeland that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, God has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. 
As I read this text, as I said immediately, we've come this far by faith. How many folks have been on a journey of faith? Anybody? Okay. What? I'm so proud of you. And we know that in these journeys of faith, there are moments where faith is super easy, right? You're just like, yeah, God, you're so good because things are so good. Yeah, God, I know you are real because things are so good and life is super ordinary. But how many of us have had our faith deepened in those moments when things were not going all right? where we didn't have the answers to the questions, where we didn't actually know where we are going, and actually all we had to cling to was this faith, these promises of God, and maybe even remembering that one time that God showed up. And so what I think our text offers us again today is the reminder that faith can encourage and sustain us when we need it the most. Let's talk a little bit about the book of Hebrews and the context of when this is offered. Um, the amazing uh, womanist theologian, Will Gaffney, says that Hebrews is a bridge to the gospel. It was written to first century Jewish Christians. So let's name, that's who they were, Jewish Christians who were living under the emperor Emperor Nero. Anybody know that name? Does that sound familiar to us? He was a bad, bad man. He was set on holding his power by any means necessary, by violence and by killing people and by proving that he was the one. You know who he had faith in himself? And he tried to exert that on others. In first century, um, in the area where they lived, there were a lot of martyrs. And a lot of people who said, I am willing to die for my faith. And Nero said, cool, we can definitely make that happen. But what I think is so beautiful, if you can imagine these people with what maybe feels like brand new faith, it is still um, in its infancy as they are thinking about what it means to follow Christ. And the author says, sometimes you got to go back. Sometimes you need to be reminded and held up by the faith of others so that you can keep going. Has anybody ever had that moment where you couldn't actually cling to your faith by yourself, but you had to recognize that it was the faith and the prayers and the faithfulness of others that were holding you up and keeping you going? And so I love that the author calls on, we only read a little bit, we heard about Abraham, but he also names Jacob and Isaac and Moses and Rahab and Barak and Samson and says, let me show you all of these different people who put their faith in action in real life, in real moments, in real hardships. And let me tell you what happened, they made it to the other side. So let's talk about what faith is not before we talk about what faith is. And maybe you, I'm sure you already know the definitions. This is like a super holy place and you guys are deeply studied and do word study all the time. Yes, Charlene, y'all word study all the time, I know. So maybe we already know, I just, just in case, faith is not like magical fairy happy dust. Has anybody figured that out yet? Faith is not just something you're just like, ooh, it's hard, faith. 
and everything is fine. It is not that. Faith is also not the power of positive thinking. Anybody else know that one? It doesn't work, but that's okay. Faith is not the power of positive thinking, that if I just think happy thoughts, everything will be fine, if only. And I would offer that faith is also not an excuse to stick your head in the sand. Faith is a call to look at and see and know and feel the depth of hurt and pain and suffering and still raise your eyes a little bit further and remember and see God's promises at work. Some of the definitions that I found about faith that resonated a little bit more is faith is the assurance of the heart about a truth of which one is aware. Faith is a settled state of mind. Anybody had that one? That peace that surpasses understanding? Where you're standing in the middle of the storm and you're just like, things look really, really bad. And yet, there is still a stillness and a remembrance that you are not alone and that God has you. Um, another one said, personal response to God's promises. Faith is about action. Did y'all know that one? Faith is not meant to be something that you hold in your pocket all by yourself. I was in a beautiful conversation with my neighbors across the street who helped me with sermon prep who do not believe in God. And so I go and I see them regular. I'm like, come on, let's go. What are we doing? And she just goes, so what? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's actually the best question that we should ever ask of our faith. So what? Is it changing the way that we move and breathe and show up for ourselves and our neighbors and our communities in the midst of things. So faith is about action, and ultimately, this is the one that really settled. Faith is an attitude of commitment by which one persists and endures when all things seem contrary. Maybe we felt that kind of faith. The faith of endurance, the faith of commitment. And so what I would offer to us, if I had to capture all of it, is faith is a posture. It is a way that we show up and engage the world. Faith is a response that is beyond what we see in any given moment. And faith is a practice that sometimes you need to keep on grabbing and looking and asking for the help that you need for your faith to get you through. We all live by faith, folks in the church and not, right? Faith, the hope for things that we cannot see. Um, has anybody ever seen the stock market? Like the actual stock market? I have not, but I trust and hope that my 401k is in there doing something spectacular. Um, a lot of people recently had faith in this thing called Bitcoin. That did not go well and is still not going well, but it was a faith that people were like, if I just put my money here, if I just make this investment, if I just track and follow, things will be okay. Um, maybe, this might hurt a little bit, maybe sometimes we put our faith in a church. And when we put our faith in these things, what happens? We're disappointed. We come to the reality that these things will not give us the joy and the satisfaction and the depth of meaning that we are searching for. 
Many of the things that we put our faith in right now are about our instant personal gratification. Yes? We have somehow made it so faith equals success and joy and happiness for us. But what if faith is actually not about personal salvation at all? What if what we read in the text is that faith is about collective liberation? Our faith is not only ours to hold. We have received the faith of our ancestors as an inheritance that we are then meant to gift towards the future. I love how even in all of these stories of survival and they made it and they made it through and they survived in this way that was unexpected and God showed up, success is not the end goal. It actually says in the text that they, they saw the promises of God far off and they greeted them before they died. To me, this is telling me that our ancestors understood that their faith was not just for them. That the promises that hopefully we all are looking towards are the promises for all of us. That all of us might continue on the journey towards God's promises, which are yes and amen. The promises that are not about our individual and personal momentary satisfaction, but about us all together moving towards the city which is the foundation is built by God for God's people. I want to end with a little bit of a so what. So what? That sounds really nice, doesn't it? It sounds nice. Like, it sounds like a nice way to think about faith. It helps you survive. Like, it's a long game. It's not just about us. Don't invest in the stock market or Bitcoin. I didn't say that part, though. I think the gift of faith that we get from our ancestors, from God, that we get to practice is a gift of a holy imagination. A holy imagination that shifts our perspective. So instead of only seeing the truly horrible things that are right in front of us, we can lift our eyes a little bit further and imagine the promises of God made real in reality. And so that's what we're walking towards, this beautiful, more perfect vision. It gives us holy imagination for what could be beyond what we can see in the moment. And I think faith gives us boldness to keep going, yeah? Because the other option is to stop, to stay, to lie down. And I would challenge that faith also gives us the boldness to argue with God, to look up into the sky, to wave our hands and say, you promised, and I'm gonna need you to show up right now. Has anybody ever had those moments? The you promised, and you say it over and over, and you say you promised, and you gave me this vision, and I know what could be, and right now, I can't see it at all. And sometimes in that wrestling, in that fussing at God, do you get a new perspective? 
that God starts to open your eyes to a new way and gives you boldness to move in the world with more confidence, with a different way of being. I think faith also gives us permission to let go and to stop. When it stops being about us and our striving and our success, faith means that we can actually rest in the promises of God. And sometimes, have you ever had those moments where you actually just need to sit down and be like, it's yours now. I can't, I've reached my limit. I can't do anything else. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to rest and I'm going to watch. And then I'm going to be joyfully surprised and I am going to praise you and my faith will be renewed. I want to invite us to draw on the faith of our ancestors, of our communities. When we're feeling tired, when we're feeling exhausted and not quite sure how to move forward. I want us to remember those times that God came through and to draw on that. I want us to be settled in our soul that God is moving even beyond what we can see and to be bold, to invite others on the journey towards the kingdom of liberation, of reconciliation, of goodness, of peace that God has promised to us all. Family, would you pray with me? Most holy God, um, thank you. Thank you for all of the ways that we know that you are real, that you prove that you are trustworthy that you stay with us when things are harder than we can imagine. Thank you for our ancestors whose faith has held us up when everything else seems shaky. Thank you for the gift of faith that we get to pass on for the future of our children, not just the ones who live with us, but all of our children, all of your children. Would you give us boldness to invite others to lift up their eyes and keep walking toward the promises of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven? We just pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.